Bible, and uh, let's just continue to listen to what God's got to say to us. God, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to our God. We worship you, Father. You're awesome, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. How many of you all have a best friend? Some of you do and some of you don't. <laughs> I think it's hard to keep best friends in general because somebody closer you get, you end up betraying or somehow neglecting or, or whatever. Um, I grew up... I, I grew up... Not really having friends. I did up till about eighth, ninth grade, and I remember the one one of the best friends I had. We'd uh, meet in the middle, about eight miles apart, and we'd meet in the middle of a place called Bald Mountains, and they're the biggest hills around uh, around the area of Redfield, and they're they're just kind of out of the ordinary in the three mile area. And we we didn't think about it as kids. We'd pull our Honda 70s underneath the fences, and we go racing each other, and missing rocks, and missing gutters, and not dying, and un I look back and I'm thinking, thank God, you know, that mom prayed for us, but I, I come out pretty good, you know, <laughs> so, but that was good, you know, but then I started drifting away and I really didn't have friends, and it's not a sad story, it is sad, it's very sad, because I was suicidal for four years, but um, it's, it's not a sad story because the ending is really good, the ending is right here, hallelujah, but anyway, the Bible says that God wants to the very beginning of the Bible, he wants to be our friend. He wants to have a vertical relationship. He wanted to have a relationship with Adam. <clears throat> I really am um, trying to get ahead of myself here, but I'm just going to try to follow the notes a little bit at least. Uh, generally, I honestly would like to follow my notes completely, but something about what's going on today, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. But. So anyway, I, I just wrote down some things that I think are neat. If you were truly best friends, you'd probably share each other's secrets. You'd share each other's dreams. I got a dream, I share it with you. You got a dream, you share it with me. You got a secret, you share it with me. I got a secret, I share it with you. I support you even when you mess up. You support me even when I'm feeling like I really messed everything up. Um, I, I, I lift you up when you're sad. You lift me up. I play games. We hang out. We, we sit silently. We watch the Vikings play together. I just lost, just lost a bunch of potential friends. But... Same movies, hobbies, you love your, they, they love your family, you love their family, and, and you go on and on. And friendships where you're linked together with so many different things. You laugh together, you cry together, you, you might even sing together, you study together, you work together, you support each other, you dream and you scheme together. And friends are, they just click, and it's really cool if you get one of those in a lifetime. I've got a friend that after I got saved, my first friend that was really, you know, after the high school and college ordeals, my first best friend was Jesus, and my second best friend was Brent. Now he has to watch this because I mentioned his name, but he's a veterinarian that does embryo transplants over in Wisconsin. Anyway, he was my first best friend, and, and uh, to this day, we don't see each other a lot, but we can call and pick up real easy right where we left off, same heart, same views, love Jesus, and it's just easy to, you know, 
We can laugh about things without being offended. It's just really cool to have a, a good friend. And that happened first because I had my first best friend called Jesus. And then I got another good friend. I think the very next one was Ginny, Ginny Harrell, but she's Ginny Apple now. And she's still hanging out with me. So that's pretty good. <clears throat> so actually a friendship is where you actually become kind of immersed in each other. You kind of almost know what each other's thinking, what each other wants to do. You just have the same chemistry. You're pretty much chemistry together. Best friends. <clears throat> Emotionally, intellectually, time-wise, money-wise, heart-wise, your best friends. You can both be yourself without getting disappointed or betrayed or disapproved of. I think of I think of one in particular marriage that I saw earlier in my life, and, and, I, and maybe you've seen this type of thing where you see a marriage and you're thinking, ah, I wish I could interact with my spouse the way they interact with their spouse, and I wish I could work with my spouse the way they seem to work together so well. I wish I could laugh with my spouse the way they laugh with their spouse. You know, so you got this, we've got this thing called a need in our heart, and it's called we need a friend. We need a best friend. And we're trying to find it. And you might see a friendship that's not a marriage and you think the same thing. I wish I could interact and, and be like they are. I wish I could laugh. I wish I could go where they go and, and just have somebody to share my life with. <clears throat> so um, Adam and Eve were created by God. First God created Adam. He looked at Adam and he's thinking, this is a pretty good friendship, but Adam needs one this way. So we got a horizontal friendship with Adam. He says, I'm going to, I know, well, I can't do that. I was going to joke. <laughs> that would make women not look as good as they are. And uh, anyway, so God made Eve, and even Adam decided that they'd go ahead and do some sinning. In other words, they totally betrayed their best friend, God. They betrayed the one that created them, gave them life, gave them the Garden of Eden, gave them everything to enjoy. And they said, no, we believe the snake. We've probably all done that before where we believe a snake. I watched the politicians. And I'll tell you, the snakiest politician, I listen to him, I'm thinking, that sounds pretty good. And then I listen to the other one, they say just the opposite. That sounds pretty good. Well, one of them's got to be a snake. And so, you know, Democrat or Republican is like, well, they can't both be right, and they both sound perfectly right. But Adam and Eve evidently thought this snake sounded pretty good. And it broke relationship vertically. Then Cain and Abel didn't do much better. This sin entered the world. And Cain, Cain got jealous of Abel. And he says, I'm just going to have to kill that guy. And he busted him over the head out in the field and killed him. And all of a sudden, we got problems this way and this way. And all God wants to do, ever since before he created an Adam and Eve, he had this plan even before he created them. He had a plan to restore friendship. He knew they were going to betray him. He, he knew just what was going to happen. And so he made out a plan, the Bible says. And then fast forward a whole bunch of years, about 1,400 years before Christ. And he says, I want you guys to have a couple feasts. Now, these weren't established in the same year, I don't believe, but they were established 50 days apart. I want you to have these two feasts, and I want all the males, 13 and over, for sure the males, you can bring your, your families and stuff if you want, but I want for sure the males, 13 years and older, all the men, 
come to Jerusalem once a year and celebrate these two feasts. There were actually three that were required to do that, but we're just talking about two today. And the first feast was the Feast of Passover. And what happened is the children of Israel were for 430 years captive in Egypt, and they were becoming more and more slaves, more and more enslaved, and more and more under the duress of their slave masters. And they were crying out, and it says the cry of the people went up into the ears of the Lord, and he came down, and nine times he talks to the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt, and he says, let my people go. Pharaoh said, nah. So he puts, God put a plague out. And, and he says, let my people go. Puts another plague out. And, and it just makes it real difficult for the Egyptians. But every time God says, let my people go, Pharaoh says, no. Let my people go, Pharaoh says, no. Let my people go, Pharaoh says, no. Let my people go. Nine times he said, no, I ain't doing that. God said, I'm very merciful, but this is all. This, I mean, this is over. So he says, okay, I'm going to send one more plague. I'm going to come and judge the whole Area. I'm going to judge all of Egypt, whether it's Israelites, whether it's the servants of the Egyptians, whether it's the guy in the prison, it even says that, whether it's the cattle, I'm going to come down and I'm just going to judge everybody and whatever they own. Every firstborn is going to be put to death at midnight this coming night. Unless you kill a little innocent lamb and you put the blood on the doorpost and on the top of the door, then I will pass over. If you will hunker down inside your houses... And trust in the blood of Jesus. And even, even if you've been sinning, if you'll just hunker down and believe that that blood will protect you, I will not let the destroying angel kill you. I will not bring the judgment that's due to all humankind. I'm just going to bring it over those that don't trust in this blood. So they put trust in God. That was their only chance. They'd already seen nine plagues. They're thinking this, this might be true. And they put blood on there. And not one of the firstborn of Israel were killed. But all the firstborn cattle and, and uh, animals and prisoners, firstborn children, and the children of even the child of Pharaoh himself, all the firstborn were completely destroyed and there it says there was loud wailing and crying and screaming it was agonizing it was ter it was just beyond words agony and pharaoh come and he says you guys get out of my land you can go well, I want you to know something. If you will put your trust in the blood of Jesus, the first feast that they were required to celebrate, required, in other words, I want you guys to go take a break from real life and just enjoy and think about and rejoice that you were set free out of bondage. So if anybody here, because that represents the bondage of sin, that represents the bondage that the devil has on you. And guess what? Boy, we were singing good songs today. It goes right along with this message. And and when, they're, when the enemy's coming, when the Pharaoh says, no, you go get more mud, you go get more straw, you go get it yourself, and the devil begins to tell you it's going to be harder than it, you said you're, you you're going to be free? You said you're going you're to be a Christian? You, you, you said that? You said you're actually going to trust in the blood? You know what happened? They, Pharaoh made it, the devil made it harder on them. Because they determine they're going to get out of there. But I'm telling you what, God's watching it get harder. And God says, enough is enough. Now I'm going to set you free. He's, he's going to, but you know what he needs? He's trying to figure out from the beginning of time how to restore friendship between God and man and man and man. The first feast is the Passover. Fifty days later, fifty days later, there's another feast that they began to celebrate. I'm way off of my notes. Fifty days later, it was a separate feast. It was a separate occasion. 
It was a separate, separate work of God. It was a whole different circumstance and situation. It's another feast. You can't just get saved. If you're going to have power, if you're going to have love, if you're going to make a difference in your world and in your very own life, you've got to have the second feast. The first feast happened 50 days before. Jesus said, I mean, more than anybody else in the Bible, Jesus just begging people. He's just begging people, please, 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 before you leave town, get the Holy Spirit. Before you leave town, get the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a friend, he said in, Mark, in John chapter 14. He said, I'm going to, you know, there's so many words, that, that word, it, uh, the actual Greek word is parakletos. It has so many meanings in it. It's so rich and so full that I looked at four different ones and every Bible translated it different. The message Bible, I believe, kind of just put them all together and translated it. God wants to send you a friend. It can mean advocate. It can mean consoler, it can mean comforter, it can mean, uh, what was, oh, comforter, advocate, I wish I had my notes. Anyway, it, it was like the, like the NLT, I'm going to send you an advocate, one that pleads your cause. NIV, I'm going to send you a counselor, comforter, King James. And then, message Bible, I'm going to send you a friend. Who consoles? Who enter, you know, literally, parakletos can mean consoler and also intercessor, one that intercedes, helps somebody. And that's why they get advocate, consoler, and comforter, is somebody that intercedes for you, especially in prayer. What's the Holy Spirit's, one of the greatest Holy Spirit's job as a friend of mankind is to intercede. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. So there's an extra, there's another thing that happened 50 days after the first feast there's a second feast and it had to be 50 days and jesus said before he went away i like what he said in matthew mark luke john you look at the end of every one of those books and he says go preach in three of those books including acts for a fifth book in three of those books it says make sure you have the holy spirit before you go the other two didn't completely tell us that, but I think three out of five is enough to convince us we need the Holy Spirit. And uh, Acts chapter one says, but wait, he, he was talking to him, one of the last things he said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Wait, wait, don't you dare go until you receive power from on high. In Luke, he says the same thing. He says, preach repentance, forgive each other and teach them to forgive. And he says, but remember one thing, wait. Until you receive power from on high. I like how John, John gets passionate. John's, you know, he's the disciple of love, they call him the apostle of love. And, and, and Jesus, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get real into this. He didn't talk a lot about it. But Jesus, about the last, second to last chapter of John, when he's finishing up talking to, the, to his people, he breathed on them. He breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Ghost and forgive and, and teach people to forgive. Forgive, whoever you forgive will be forgiven. That's the same message in all the rest. So if you put all the rest together with John, Jesus was simply saying, he was just passionately saying, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive, breathe, Thomas, and receive the Holy Spirit. Acts and Luke, we see that they can't until they wait in Jerusalem 10 days because the Holy Spirit was to be poured out on this feast. 
And we'll find out why in a second. The Holy Spirit wasn't poured out until 50 days after the Passover. Separate occasion. A separate work of God. A separate happening. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so many of us walk around in lot less than the ability God gave us to spread the kingdom because we simply don't go to the second feast. They had to wait 50 days because Passover happened. Then 50 days later, it, for 1,400 years, they were to celebrate Passover, to remember how they were brought out of Egypt. But it was also to remember that it was to fulfill something and become something more spiritual, more real than the type of thing that happened in the physical realm. Those things that happened in the natural, now they represent the things that happened in the spiritual. For 1,400 years, they're having this feast of Passover in order to come down to the place called Jesus. We don't have to have Passover anymore. We live with him. We live with him. We live in the trust of the blood of Jesus. And it's the same with Pentecost. It used to be people say, you got to wait, and you got to wait, and you got to wait. That never happened in the Bible, except for the first one that they celebrated. After that, you can have him now. He had to wait to fulfill the Feast of Pentecost because Pentecost represented two things, the ingathering of the harvest and the giving of the law. Pentecost represented gathering in of the harvest and they just rejoice into the Lord. And the, Moses, came down from the, uh, Moses came down out of the mountain and he had the Ten Commandments. You know what happened? It says the letter of the law kills. They had already been making golden calves before he could even get the word to them. And it said 3,000 died that day because of their sin. They broke the law before it was hardly even down there. But what's really neat is that the fulfillment of Pentecost, just total opposite, it represents the outpouring of the spirit-empowered word, not just the outpouring of the law, the letter of the law, the spirit-empowered word, and that spirit-empowered word would bring in the harvest. It would also restore messed up harvest. That spirit-empowered word would give life, whereas the non-spirit-empowered, the law brought death. Even the law was an attempt for God to help us understand relationship. The first four commandments we're talking about, love the Lord your God vertically with all your heart. Don't make any idols, keep him first. Keep holy the Sabbath, stay in rest and spend time with him. Don't take his name in vain and don't misrepresent his name. It was all about relationship with God, even the law. It was all about, I want a friendship with you guys. I'll show you how you've offended me and how to not offend me. And then the next six, don't kill, don't steal, don't love your neighbor's wife, don't murder, don't, uh, what else is there? But don't, 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 in order to show love towards your fellow man. Don't covet anything, don't steal anything, don't lie, don't murder. So he was trying to show us he wanted relationship 1,400 years before Christ. He established these two feasts, and the second feast is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, empowered word, and the ingathering of souls. When he came down off the mountain with the law, the letter kills, the Bible says, but the Spirit gives life. Came down off that mountain, and the letter killed 3,000. On the day of Pentecost... On the day of Pentecost, yeah. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit through the, through the people that had received the presence of the living word. 
not just a conversion at Passover, but the presence of the Spirit-empowered Word, when that came down on Pentecost, that separate occasion, 3,000 were added to the church and came alive that day. Woohoo! He wants a friend. He wants friends, and he provided his own death at Passover. He provided his own blood to cover our sins and convert us. And then at Pentecost, he provided his own spirit to befriend us, to be close to us, to uplift us and to build us, to restore and to heal the impossible. And some of us need an immersion. Remember I talked about chemistry of friendship. Remember I talked about you come so immersed, you're almost like one. Nobody does it like Holy Spirit. He wants to flow through my life every moment of every day. He wants to... Boy, he's so loving. I used to have a little ditty that I sang. God would give me songs back at a certain time in my life. And Gentle Jesus, healing hands, worthy Savior, no demands. And I don't know how it all went, but it came down to Jesus is so gentle, but Jesus is so ornery. He's so mean and powerful and so destructive. And I'm telling you what, when he gets, he says in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 6 and 3, one of them says as a corporate body, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. One of them says as an individual, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we call on the Holy Spirit to come down and be a friend and say, hey, the way you get the Holy Spirit, you get Pentecost, just to make it real clear, the way you get Pentecost is you got to be willing to give up your pride and you say, I don't have any. Well, then if you don't have any pride, I guarantee you want the Holy Spirit at any cost. But if you do have pride, that might be a problem. But ask the Holy Spirit to help you get it out. But if you want the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. If somebody asks a fish, I'm not going to give him a stone. Or, you know, I get these mixed up all the time. But if you ask a, a bread, I'm not going to give you a serpent. If you ask this, I'm not going to give you a stone. He says, if you will ask, I will give you the Holy Spirit. I got so attacked when I first received the Holy Spirit because the devil kept telling me, and I didn't know it's the devil's voice or God's voice, my voice, whatever, kept telling me, ah, you got that from the devil, you got that from the devil. It's like two years later, I was kind of like I was talking about earlier today, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of not having victory. Because what also comes with the presence of the Holy Spirit, a lot of, well, all the time, if you let him flow, if you really let him inundate your life, you ever hear of Charles Finney? This is what happened to him when he got the Holy Spirit. He says that he had 80% of his people would stay saved. Nothing against Billy Graham or any of us. But usually out of 100 people who give their life to the Lord, they figure maybe 10 of them stay with Jesus. When Finney was on the earth, 80%. This is, what his, this is how he writes the experience he had when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he says, But I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire. I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit without any expectation of it. Baptism and immersion, the same thing. Without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without my recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through my body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. That's my experience. That's many of your experience. 
for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love, that's my experience, that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I... No, but I should say, I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. We want a friend, but we're afraid to look a little bit undignified in front of our friend, I guess, because you can receive him out there in the car. Unutterable utterings. He gushed with unutterable. Utterable gushings, unutterable gushings, unutterable gushings. In other words, just like it says in Romans chapter 8, we don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know how to worship as we ought. We don't know exactly how to express love to God. But when his Holy Spirit comes on us, it says, the, he, the, the, depending on your version, it says that we can worship him with groans that words cannot express. And we find that out as we read the Bible that that's called tongues. As you read in so many different places in the Bible, Paul said this. He said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. I wish you all spoke in tongues. Why would Paul say that? Because there's victory. There's victory. There's victory when we become partakers of the divine nature. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, he says, we have these precious promises And through them, we're partakers of the divine nature. When I start praying in the Spirit, when I start praying in other tongues, I sense that I'm worshiping Him. And before I go any farther, I'm going to do something that some people might think I shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it because you need it. The Bible says, don't speak in tongues in the congregation, because they were having so much trouble. They were all speaking in tongues. They were like looking at each other. I've done this before where we were fired up in a prayer meeting type thing. And I mean, I'm praying in tongues to them, and they're praying in tongues to me, and we're both getting edified, but it ain't off of me or them. It's just because our own self is getting filled with the Holy Spirit more. And it just builds us up. The Bible says, if you pray in a spirit, you will build yourself up. So he says, I'm going to pray with my mind so I can help others get built up, and they can say amen to me, but I'm also going to pray in the spirit so I can be built up. I'm going to sing in the spirit, but I'm going to sing with my mind. And then he said, like I said, he said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. I really want you all to speak in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I don't know what he did in the spare time, but I think I know what he did in the spare time. I think he just loved on Jesus. Because it's a love language that you can't express with words. And a lot of times what will happen in my life is I'll begin to groan or cry out or shout not really necessarily words, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will take me out to somebody who might be in another town. And I'm just praying over I generally don't get a lot about it, but I see him taking oppression off of those people. I don't know what he's praying. And like I said, I'm going to do this because it says if you're unlearned or an unbeliever might come in and not understand what you're doing, well, I'm telling you right now so you're not unlearned anymore. And if you're an unbeliever, you shouldn't be because I just told you about Jesus. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little example of praying in the Spirit. It's a very holy thing. It's very, it's very to be reverenced. But he wants to be so close and help you not only clean out what might be inside of you, but also to help others to be saved and delivered. If we can get free in letting our best friend, the Holy Spirit, flow through us and be one with us, 
we have what you call revival, and you might want to call it a revival of restoration. Souls going to hell now coming to heaven. Legs that are broke now being healed. Emotions that are destroyed. Minds that can't think anymore. Healed, healed, healed. That's God. He's right here to do that today. And so I'm praying over people. I'm just saying, Oh, koshama have no idea what I'm saying. But I do know that the Holy Spirit, because I see it in my mind's eye, he'll, not always, sometimes I'm just adoring Jesus or whatever, but many times I'll be praying for, it might be this pastor, it might be Pastor John, it might be Clyde. Did you know, welcome everybody, three of our, member, or three of our regular attenders at Redfield are here today. Welcome Clyde, Ross, and Phil. Hallelujah. And Phil is not a groundhog. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. In fact, I don't even know if I like the groundhog, Phil. But anyway. Hallelujah, Jesus. I think sometimes, I don't, I think it's got to be pride. Why? When the, Jesus makes it so clear, please, I'm going to send you a friend. He's the spirit of truth. You look in John 14. I will send you a friend. Don't be afraid. You know, he's, he's the spirit of truth. He'll lead you into everything that's true. In fact, if you forgot something, he'll remind you. That's my friend. That's a friend. He says, uh, you don't know the thoughts of God and Nobody knows the thoughts of God. Only the Spirit knows the thoughts of God. But the Spirit, I'm going to put him in you so that you can know the thoughts of God. I'll be praying in the Spirit. I mean, I get so much from the Holy Spirit. I get, it ain't fair. Yes, it's fair because all you got to do is receive this. I'll be praying in the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what I need, but he'll zap a word out of the Bible, something maybe I've forgotten, and it'll come to me. And I'll just speak it. I'll give you one that I do just about every single day of my life. I'm going to say every day of my life. If I don't, I probably had a day of defeat that day. Every single day of life. I start by praying in the Holy Spirit, worshiping God. Every single day of my life, I'm worshiping. I'm just worshiping him. I'm worshiping him. I'm worshiping him in an unknown language given by the Holy Spirit, which the Bible talks about. And I know the scripture by heart. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. So I, that verse will come to me. That sometimes that whole chapter will come to me but I can say that chapter I can say that verse over and over and over again and I go out in the day and I am defeated but when I first pray in the divine energetic edifying power of the Holy Spirit he grabs that thing and puts atomic power under it and I say there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus Satan Lord rebukes you get out of my life in Jesus name Father God set me free Pour out your spirit on my body, my mind, my soul, and my spirit. Hallelujah. But when I've prayed in the spirit, the living word comes up. It's empowered by the baptized, the person that's been immersed in the Holy Spirit. It's empowered by the spirit. And it gets rid of all those doubts, all those fears, all those problems. It brings truth to me that I've forgotten. But not only does it bring it to me, it empowers me, sets me free. And when it's alive... I'm telling you what, you can say the Bible all you want to the devil. 
You can see, he, he, the, the devil's good with the Bible. He goes to Jesus, hey, Jesus, you know, you can throw yourself down because the angels will bear yourself up under their, in their hands and, the, and you won't dash your foot against the stone. He even used the scripture. He said, Jesus, here, I want to build you up in the, in the scriptures. Well, Jesus has been less than the Holy Spirit ever since to get baptized by John because it said the Holy Spirit came on Jesus when he got baptized by John. Jesus started praying in the Spirit, I'm sure, because nobody can pray all night without praying in the Spirit. And he's prayed all night, and then he went and got his disciples. And now why would he get the power to heal, the power of wisdom, the power of discernment, the power to cast out devils and not get the power of the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues like everybody else gets? Jesus had, was praying in the Spirit all the time after he was 30 years old. I'm getting tired. <laughs> Where was I right before the Jesus thing? Oh, yeah, the devil. He can talk to Scripture. I can, I, can, I can recite Scripture. But I'm going after God, and when I'm going after God, whatever's coming against me that day, and condemnation always comes against me. I was the most worthless, no good, rotten, rat, freak show that you ever, I'm just telling you how it was. That's how I felt. I'm a nobody. I'm an idiot. Why did they give me life? So I could find my best friend called the Holy Ghost. But before that, thank God for the Catholic Church. And they said, you commit suicide and you will go to hell. They were right. I wasn't saved. I for sure. I mean, sometimes there might be a, ah, they're saved, so I don't know if they're going to go to hell. Maybe not. But for sure, I was going to hell. And finally, one day, I just said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. He saved me three months later. I believe it was three months. I, can't, I didn't have a date exactly. I was praying up in Aberdeen across from Kessler's. There used to be a house there that they bulldozed now. But in the, before they bulldozed it, I got in there and got filled with the Holy Ghost. For three hours, guys like Paul Ward and Craig Boston, you might know some of them names, and Sherry Hammer were praying for me for three hours because I want everything God's got. I do not understand to this day why people don't want everything God has got. I don't know why you would go without this Ekent feast, the feast of Pentecost, the feast where the Holy Ghost comes down and all you feel is loved. Why don't you want to feel loved? Because you're too proud. I don't need that. You ever see people that won't take any hugs? I don't know what that is, but I'll take hugs. I will now take hugs. I used to probably, in fact, I'd always say, Mom, no, no, no. I figured Mom's the only one that loved me in the whole world, and I still wouldn't make a hug. I don't know, probably because school taught me that, ah, that's not manly or something. But for whatever reason, why would you not want to be loved? Unutterable gushings that can't explain the deep love that's taken place between two people called Holy Spirit, God Almighty, Jesus, and me. Why would you not want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Tongues does not mean, tongues is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is a byproduct. You can't help yourself. It's a byproduct. If you will actually let God flow through you, if you'll actually let that tongue say different kind of things, the flow will stop. The flow will start. The power will begin. All of a sudden, when you think, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I don't think this is going to work, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost empowers that word that I think it's you that likes. He hasn't given me a spirit of timidity or fear. He's given me power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. I can't do that by reciting that. i got to be praying in the Holy Ghost. And that word comes alive, and I stand on it, and I kick the devil out. Just give me the Holy Ghost. I used to say, just give me Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus will work. Hallelujah. 
I got a lot of notes. You're lucky I didn't read them. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to go back to where I kind of started. If we could have some, well, can we, or do we just want to do the piano music? But uh, whatever you guys want to do. I love that song that we just had anointed. Um, Anybody here want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the second feast, because all you've had is the first feast and you're tired of being defeated? You've really been defeated. You've You've been deprived of the second feast. I like the first feast. I like him taking away my sins. But I need power to live. I don't care. You can put on the nice show and you can, be, you can look good in front of people, but you know what? That's just the opposite of what you need. You need to look good in front of him. Just because I look good in front of people and I seem to have it all together doesn't mean I got it together. It means I got it together when I can face the most dignified person in the world and say, no, that's wrong because he says it's wrong. I ought to be able to come and just truly trust in the word. It's hard to trust a word that's not brought alive by the baptism immersion of your friend the Holy Spirit we call I just real quick I keep trying to say the word immersion but the Bible transliterated it which means they really didn't use an English word when they said baptize they transliterated baptisma and baptizo to mean baptize or baptism well it really literally just means immersed I want to be immersed I want to be in chemistry with the Holy Spirit I want to be a partaker of that divine nature and again, Second Peter, the partakers of the divine nature through the promises. I can't partake in his victory without a spirit-empowered promise. I can't partake in the victory without the spirit empowering the promise. I like what Smith Wigglesworth did. This is amazing. I don't understand this. I don't understand that Smith Wigglesworth actually brought healing to people. I don't understand it that he actually saw many people saved before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He would argue with people. They didn't even want to see Smith Wigglesworth. It's like, please don't come to our meeting because he'd argue that he already has the baptism. Everybody knew he didn't have the immersion of the Holy Spirit. Finally, after about nine months, he's, he's like, they must have something I don't have. And so he sought it. Somebody prayed over him. He received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he had always preached with his wife because of some insecurities that the Holy Spirit hadn't taken away. And his wife told him, okay, if that's really the baptism, if you really got something now, I'm just going to sit in the back and watch. And she sat in the back, and he was up there, and she just kept saying, that's not my Smith. That is not my Smith. 20 years of some success, come on. Just because you got some success doesn't mean you should say no to the fullness of what God provided in the feast. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. I wanted it so bad. Three hours they prayed for me. Thank God for some people that stuck it out with me for three hours. I believe I probably could have released the flow of the Holy Spirit within three minutes. But I was afraid of what I'd look like if I actually let him flow. I'm still afraid what I might look like sometimes. I go to the state fair every year and witness. And to get that kick started is always hard. But once I do, Holy Spirit starts flowing. Hallelujah. I'm going to come put you on the spot. Come on up. I'm going to see if I can. Have you got a mic? This one? Oh, yeah. 
Hallelujah. I don't know. I just wanted to, he saw some, I, him and I both saw something this year at the fair. And it was because of the baptism. I just want you to know it was because I had been built up in the Holy Spirit. I had been praying in the Holy Spirit before I went to, to witness at the fair. And this happened, and, and I don't know really exactly what to ask him. But um, what type of guy that, did I start talking to? He was a bad guy, a <laughs> biker guy, real tough guy. I wasn't scared, and it wasn't because of me. I'd have been scared without him. But um, so what did you watch happen? He broke down and cried. And um, were you cons did I have to, did I have to um, talk to him quite a bit before that happened? Yeah, he fought you quite a bit. Did I back down? No. Did the Holy Ghost back down? No. No, I just kept, I just kept trying to discern what God was doing, and he started crying. Yep. Who was with him in the background? His family. So there's a, a, a was it a daughter and a, and a mom? Okay, so there's a daughter and a mom back there, and I'm talking to this guy, and he's falling apart. And I'm kind of, kind of get aware of what's going on around, too, and I'm thinking, what's going on with these people? Because it looked like they're falling apart, too, right? Oh, yeah. They, so, they broke down, too. And... Well, maybe you can do that without the Holy Spirit, but I can't. And maybe you can do some things that you can do without the Holy Spirit, but... But... Uh, um, but the Holy Spirit wants to do something and your refusal to let him flow through you is hindering your best friend's heart from reaching out to other people, from bringing healing, from for bringing restoration, from bringing salvation. Well, I'm afraid how they might react and it's certainly not the place. You know, the disciples had a different idea. They said, don't you do that. I'll stick you in jail. How many have been threatened like that? Or I'm gonna, you're going to lose your job. Well, if the Holy Spirit's saying it, maybe it's best you lose your job so God can promote you. I'm talking real bold here, but that doesn't mean I'm real bold. But if I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, just yesterday I was praying, no, day before yesterday, I was praying in the Holy Spirit, going along in my car, praying like crazy. Thank you, Clyde. <laughs> I always forget to release people. Uh, <laughs> I was praying in the Holy Spirit and going along in my car and I'm thinking about my future because we really do want to minister in Redfield and I'm thinking, I do not want... There's a whole bunch of me says, I want to keep roofing, so much money in roofing, and so much not money when we're not roofing. It's a real different lifestyle. And I also guide pheasant hunts and deer hunts, and it's like, that's a, I got dreams in my head of how we can do that and make it really successful. And I got, the Holy Spirit just inundated me so much as I was worshiping in, the, in tongues, and all of a sudden it's like, we can't do that, even though I want to do all that stuff, it's like, I just can't do that. I just, how would it be to be so tempted to just be with the Holy Spirit instead of your dreams and all these other fleshly things? I'm not saying all dreams are bad at all, but I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff that we get hung up on. We just got to have it. But you know what? If you understood the love that was flowing through me that day, don't have to have really anything. Just need him. Just need that presence. And he's got a purpose. And, and, and pastor said the purpose, he does like five things. But, you know, to know who we are in Christ, to know, that's a huge one. You know, so the devil's always telling me, I'm not, I'm not um, anything. And I say, no, I'm his child. The Spirit of God bears witness my spirit. I'm a child of God. Well, again, I got to be praying until that thing comes to life. I can't just say those words. It doesn't happen. So there's just scripture after scripture. I get scared because I see, oh, I just jumped up. And did, you know, you jump out on faith. 
and all of a sudden you're afraid. What, what scripture is God going to give you? I don't know, but you pray in the Holy Spirit and he'll give you one. I remember one time I was, can I just be real? Because I want you guys to want my best friend. Somewhere between 20 and 30 years ago, I was tempted with adultery. Yeah, that's a big one, ain't it? And I was tempted out of my wits, and I was trying to, no, 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 no. And I just couldn't come up with how to get out of that darkness and that temptation and that pull and that pressure. And I was praying in the Holy Spirit, and guess what came to me? It was real simple, but it came alive. I couldn't think of this verse by myself. You can always think of Scripture when you don't need them, huh? But when you need it, when you're down in the war, you need a verse, pray in the Holy Ghost. If it can save me from adultery, please take the Holy Spirit because it's going to save you from something too. But not only that, most of all to glorify Him. Okay, I'll tell you what the verse was. It's real simple. Thou shalt not commit adultery. The Holy Spirit enlivened that and I was free. Okay. <laughs> because with His command comes is His power. They come down off of the mountain with the commands and there was no power. But the Spirit gives life and with His commands there's power and actually His commands are not burdensome. Actually, they're fun. Oh, yeah, I really like not committing adultery a lot better than committing adultery. It just makes life a lot better. I really like it. I like my wife. She likes me. You like me, huh? <laughs> She's on the spot. You guys saw it? <laughs> I really like my wife. Okay. I need three prayer, like designated prayer party to come up here and turn toward all these people. And I do dismiss you as of this moment, anybody that needs to go. And uh, anybody that would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, with any byproducts that come with him, which will generally, well, will be first, just, it always, let me say this, Acts 2, they were baptized in the spirit and spoke with tongues. They all, it says. Acts 8, and the, the guy Simon saw that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he wanted to pay for it. Boy, did he get in trouble. Acts 19, Acts 10 and 11. And they, it said a large group was gathered in Cornelius' house. Friends and relatives, a large group. And they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Acts 19, Paul was so, he says, hey, 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 so you had the feast of Passover? They said, yeah. Well, haven't you had the feast of Pentecost? And they said, we don't even know if there is a feast of Pentecost. We don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. He says, hey, let me pray over you. And he gave him, and, and he released the Holy Spirit's presence. Now, again, when we agree together, Amen. when we agree together, you need to believe. We're not doing this because Pastor or I or, or Travis or, or Mrs. Uh, Boltz, <laughs> also known as Nancy, uh, <laughs> have power. We're not doing it because they have so much power. We're doing it in obedience to God, wherever two or three are gathered together. Ask anything you want, and it shall be done. It's just in obedience, those things happen. Hallelujah. So anybody that would like an immersion in the Holy Spirit, he wants to provide that feast for you right now. You don't have to wait 50 days from when you're saved. It's right now. It can be fulfilled because it was fulfilled 50 days after the first real Passover. 
Okay, come on, come on up. Anybody that needs, wants more of the Holy Spirit. It cannot hurt you. Come on, come on. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? Come on, come on. Somebody needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Don't stop asking. He won't give you a stone. He won't give you a serpent. Somebody else that just has not had enough of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you get something? Jenny will come with you if you need to be encouraged. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. We got one taker. We need more. Somebody that wants to be just kind of drifted away from that friendship. You want to be inundated with that love again. You want to be inundated with who Jesus, the Holy Spirit, really is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, I say if you do need to go, you're free to go. But we really encourage you to please come forward and receive this second feast hallelujah jesus hallelujah lord god hallelujah jesus hallelujah lord god you are worthy lord we've got to get back to miracles and signs and wonders and power of the holy ghost 